Welcome to the Kingdoms Podcast, sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Hello, wonderful people. You're once again welcome to the Kingdoms Podcast. Courtesy of our sponsors, you are entitled to a 30% discount when you enroll on the Augment Business School program. I am currently undergoing my Master's in Business Administration at the Augment Business School, and I can tell you authoritatively, it is a fantastic program. Here's a word from our sponsors. Life is way more important than sales. You're not going to know what's going to be the problems and what are the challenges that you're going to face. And my job is to help you understand how sales helps you succeed at life. By the end of that phone call, my hand was shaking so badly, I could not hold a pen to write. I called my manager, John, and I said, I might have just killed Jeff Bezos. The end result of Google acquiring YouTube for $1.65 billion is compressed into five days. You're being taught by actual people who have done it. The founder of Shazam, the founder of Lime, the founder of Eventbrite, the founder of Waves, the founder of YouTube, and others are going to help you understand how they did it. It is the best experience that you can have. You're going to see some truly remarkable results. Let's go. This is a lifetime lesson, so start now. We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, you once again welcome to the King Dames podcast. And today I have with me a fantastic guest. This man is a man with, you know, multiple abilities, multi-competent, and he is multi-talented. He is an intellectual and he is a businessman and he is a musician. Big welcome. Well, D the Wild, <laughs> how are you, Well, D? <laughs> I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me here, bro. It's it's really a pleasure to have you, my brother. Right? Uh, I know you. I first knew you as Well, D, even though I went to university with you, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I remember back in the days, you used to say Well, D the Wild, and I, I, I think, <laughs> that I was the name. Well, I think there was a day I called you. I think that there was a day I called you. I don't know, maybe when you were in Cyprus or something, right? And then you did not know who was speaking. And then I, yeah, was like, while D the wild that you're like, oh, just this, this last thing was, was go way that back, was you know? Yeah, that was the first thing clicked, but but that 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 statement clicked, bro. Wild D the wild, you know, it's, you know, the way you used to call me then, immediately you called me. I just you just knew. Like, yes, you just Interested, interested. So, who is Tevidaya mm-hmm. Akinui? Who is Tevidaya Akinui? Okay, let me take it back. Let me take it back, 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 back. Tevidaya Akinui is um, he's a Yoruba boy who hails from Idori, Ondo State. I'm an Ondo boy. And um, I I grew up in Ibadan, Oyo State, and I later on 
went for my university education in Obafemi Awolowo University. And uh, <laughs> so, so after then, after I finished my university, I went for my NYSC up north in Sokoto. Oh. And um, I decided, you know, I didn't want to go initially, but I decided to go because I've had this affinity for um, exploration. So I didn't mind. Um, Dora um, the Explorer. Yeah, I, I just had to go like, wherever it is, I'm going to experience it, yeah? And it's going to add one or two. So from there, when I finished, I moved to Lagos, which I started doing my music thing, which I'd been doing right from time. So Tim Dayakini is, um, like I said, a Yoruba boy, a Christian and uh, a businessman, um, a songwriter, um, A&R. I do everything, you know. I just try to. <laughs> you understand? So, 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 Visa, I was very correct, you know, at the beginning when I said this man is a multi talented person. Uh, interesting. So, um, I have always known you as well, D the Wild, right from um, OAU. How, how did that name come about? Yes. So, the initial name wasn't well, just Wildy, it wasn't Wildy Zoe, it was. Wilder Leo, and wow. you know, I got it from um, the okay. I had some friends who used to call me Survivor because then they knew they see me everywhere, everywhere, every every gig I'll be there. So then I'd not even had a name, so I was just thinking that what can I use? Like, I wanted a name that meant something, so I thought of Wilder Leo, like. Uh, it's just like Pantera Leo, like a, a fierce person. <laughs> yeah. Like a zoological name. <laughs> yeah, fierce. Like you just don't think about it. Okay, uh, this, is, this is, we need to, okay, it's doable. Okay, let's do it. So mm. I, the name just came and I just liked it. And I asked someone and they said, hey, yeah, it's okay. You know, I've never, I've not heard anybody called Wild. Mm -hmm. You can use it. And it's talk. You know, wow. stop fast. Interesting, interesting. So, so Wild in Leo. So, how come you know Leo left and then um, in OU we used to call you uh, Wild in the Wild? I guess uh, Simbal, MC Simbal used to call you Wild in the Wild. Yeah. And then, you know, Simbal was like one of my very first friends, you know, in um, OU days. And then I think he introduced me to you. I think you guys were probably like roommates or something. We were and roommates, and it was it was, yeah. was my very very good friend. We we're classmates too. Uh, yeah, you guys studied geography, right? And interestingly, yeah. interestingly, I, I I love geography uh, a lot as a person. I think that's probably one of the things that made us get along. Um, very interesting story about myself. Quick one, right? Um, I used to love geography so much, you know. Um, growing up in secondary school, even when I wrote um jump, right? I scored eighty eight mm -hmm. in geography. Like I loved geography so much. Like I always wanted to explore the world you know, go to the geographical monuments, historical monuments uh, in the world, right? And then there was um, some time when I just finished secondary school and I was in some government school, right? And going around the their, their environment. And I saw that they had an abandoned library. <laughs> uh, guess what? Like I went into, into the abandoned library and I stole a book from the library. And that book was a book on 
physical and human geography. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can imagine, like, for a child to steal a book. <laughs> All right. And what you, you wanted about? to know what was in that book. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to know more about the world, places, different places in the world. You get it right. And then that has, like, always, like, inspired me, you know, going forward. Uh, recently, I think, last when I, I traveled to Morocco, right, and, you know, when I was checking around, a lot of those geographical um, monuments, right? I remembered some of the spaces I'd seen you in that seen book, book way back. Yeah. Like, wow, like childhood <laughs> influences actually go, you know, away along each other person's life, you know. You have, yeah. like, certain um, interests, right? And then you always, like, pursue those interests, you know. I build on and, it, you know. Yes, as, as, as you go forward. And speaking of childhood influences, that, that leads me up to my next question to you, right? So who were your early life um, influences and how was childhood and growing up for you? Um, growing up for me was, I, I grew up in a family of, um, with five kids and I, I, was, I was the last born. So I grew up um, with my, elderly ones already in maybe high school or about to get to high school at least. So um, I had the opportunity to actually have some um, space to explore. My, my dad used to play a whole lot of uh, different kind of sounds from Fela to Bob Marley to Paul Simon to Dolly Parton, um, um, Shaka Chaka all over the world so i grew up with music and i grew up with my dad waking us up with um an orlando war song and him dancing oh, to wake wow. up. So, my father used to play that as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i learned um, my <laughs> growing up i had affinity for music and i had affinity for musical instruments but at the same time i i i loved at, at that time I used to want to be an Air Force officer or a military personnel. Why? So, Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, growing up, I didn't make a choice. I just continued um, following both, having affinity for both sides. So, I joined the choir. At the point, I was the um, chapel prefect and I was in charge of the choir. So, I had the ability to learn reading musical notes um, about learning how to play the guitar and I learned a little bit about uh, how to play the piano. So then it was it was cool. I, I attended a private school, All Saints um, College, Ibadan. And, you know, after then, I um, got an admission into OAU and I wanted to study economics though. But you wanted to study to what dad, I studied. <laughs> yeah. But my dad was like, um, <clears throat> okay, before then, they didn't give me economics, they gave me geography. So I wanted to wait a year and still study economics or just go to the NDA straight up. So my dad advised me to go for the geography and linking the geography to I can still move into the NDA to get a short course and you go into Air Force. So I was like, no worries. So when I got to OAU, first of all, my affinity for the, mili the military side of me made me join the Man of War. Mm -hmm. the, um, the 
musical part of me. Let me give you this story. I was in, do you know, uh, you, you can remember um, Awolo, Awo, no, Fad, Fad Hall. Oh, okay, Fad, Fad Hall, Fad. Yeah. So this um, Perpetual Light Choir, which is from the Catholic Church um, we had in OAU, they used to have their choir rehearsals. So I was on my bed that day, I was sleeping, and I was hearing this choir sing. I was like, where are these people coming from? So I started looking, I got out of my room. I started tracing the voices because I think they were having, it was close to the festive period, so they were rehearsing. So it was just so melodious that I had to like trace them. And I was, I think I was in a hundred level then. So I was still new. So I went to ETF, you know, um, is it Fudge before ETF, yeah? Or Owl before ETF? It is uh, Fudge Owl ETF. ETF is the last. Okay, yeah, it's, it's it, the was last it was Owl. It was Owl. So I traced them to ETF. I didn't see them. Not knowing they were actually above the room I was sleeping initially. What so the... <laughs> when I went, I went back to my hostel and I just checked up and I saw them. Then that day I joined the choir. So... I was doing both and I was studying um I was studying my course normally. So my free time, uh, you know, we do have drills in the morning for Manu. the manual war and Manu um, drills. Um weekdays we do have rehearsals for choir. So those were the things taking my time as at my early years in OAU, yeah. So afterwards I start recording songs. Um, I started going to the studio. Um, my first producer was Brown Noise. I don't know if you know Brown Noise. He was one of the early producers back then. You know, he used to record for Black Bones too at some point. Oh, I remember Black Bones from where he did. <laughs> yeah. So he, I started recording for him. Started performing in school. Then I met Simbal in class. He was MC into Steve entertainment. Ball. You know, he just gingered me up and every show he was going to, it was taking me along. And um, I recorded a song and he told me, okay, we should do a song together. And like, okay, I like your voice. You you, you can sing, bro, let's do a song. Then, then for every show he's performing, he makes sure I perform in that show. And I performed the song with it together. So then it was actually fun, you know, um, although it, there could be distractions, there could have been, <laughs> okay, there were distractions. Let me just put it that way. You know, handling music. And, you know, back then, OAU, it got to a point whereby the industry was like, like the outside industry where you have graphics designers working hand in hand with show event um, promoters, working hand in hand with um, artists, with MCs, so we had all those things in place back in OAU then where there's competition, mm -hmm. performing to 5,000 students. You have to wow them. You have to make sure your stage performance is top-notch to make sure that, you know, they don't... We, we, had, we had like, a, we, we had a, a, like our own mini entertainment industry. In the mini OAU. entertainment yeah. industry. Yeah, every look at the performances. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. So, you know, those period... Um, where the period of me figuring out, you know, okay, what's it? Okay, I'm studying. Wh which direction is my life going to? But what I knew was that the more I was going from 100 level to 200 level, 
my love for music started growing. So I started listening to music more. I started listening to other type of songs more. And the kind of songs I I was always drawn to uh more or less um songs uh songs that has deep melody and it might be slower tempo, it might be faster tempo, it might be anything, but I love songs that move the soul. So as I was um from 100 level to 200 level to 300 level, I started realizing, okay, yeah, I I actually want to give a more percentage of myself to this course, even though I was still making sure I was attending my classes. Because if I don't attend class, <laughs> oh, my mom, my mom is a kind of my mom, my mom is a teacher, yeah. I love my mom so much. I, that woman <laughs> is the strongest lady in this, and she's the sweetest. She, you know, don't you might be watching a movie with my mom now. You guys are enjoying something. I just tell her, like, tell this child to go and read. The next thing, <laughs> that go and pick up. you would, you would, you would, you wish you would change. So I knew the kind of mom I had. I must, like, I had to make sure I was keeping up with the classes, even though I was, you know, my heart was going elsewhere. <laughs> in, and in another direction, you had to keep the grades up. Right? I have to keep it up. So after then, um, I went, like I said, I went for service and, you know, I had to still pursue um, the music when I got to Lagos. And um, which that, my, my, my movement, uh, my Lagos journey um, formulated a huge growth stage in my life which to date I would always thank God for. So in short, I, I can just put it that way. Hmm, interesting, interesting. So uh, I, I remember, I remember that you, yourself, MC Simbao, and even myself, like all in OAU, you, you, you did really well academically, right? I, I, I remember you, you, you finished with a second class offer. Simbel as well, you know, finished with a second yeah. class offer. Myself, you know, remember I was an MC back in OU, and I remember MC Simbel and Aroli, they gave me my first role as an MC back in school, right? But then I always knew for myself that, you know, I was not a comedian, right? I was not like uh, the core entertainer right that i am like a proper uh corporate guy right like the kind mm -hmm. of talents communications talents that i had right sort of suited a more structured environment and then you know i decided to focus on my studies and still like enjoy the environment like i used to anchor things like seminars you know you know um structured events right and then yeah. it's good to see how things are panning out for for all of us, you know, a lot of great yes. guys you know, went to OAU and, and doing well, you know, in their respective uh, fields of endeavors. It's really, really fantastic to see. But then would you like um talk um us through your academic background, right? And like the, the achievements you, you've made um academically because you, you like we used to say in um OAU, you you're on uh biggie way that is a, a tree of books. <laughs> so aside from the musical uh, aspect of you, you know, you're like uh, a very uh, well-educated, widely and well-read um, person. So can you um, talk uh, about the academic side of you? Um, 
my academic journey started from Ibado. Like I said, I attended City of Life High School and uh, um, moved to All Saints College, uh, which was a missionary school. And afterwards, I did my jam. And luckily for me, the year I did my jam, both my jam, my wired and my nickel, I passed everything. Because a year before, I had um, GCE. I did GCE. And just to test myself, which I actually passed. And, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I can I can actually take it. So, like I said, the course I wanted, they didn't give it to me. But, you know, cut the long story short. Yeah, but so they gave it to me anyways. Yeah, they gave it to you. Because you what that I got. <laughs> you took the spot. <laughs> So in OEU, you know, you know, OEU as it is, you have to read. Highly competitive read. school. Highly, highly competitive. Even, you know, um, I had to okay, there was they were in in the um the first year was very okay. Then, you know, you're coming with speed, you're coming with you know the whole energy. Then getting to um year three, you start facing the lecturer issues and this and that you know but in OAU irrespective of what you're doing just make sure you are on your toes because you know there are some people that you'll see them they're on serious they're out there you know you don't know they're actually they're fire they're reading that's someone <laughs> like Simba now you know that's yeah. like Simba. if you if you think because you've seen him here and there is no reading. That's a lie. That's a lie. He knows when he reads. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I was after then. Um, okay, in my um, secondary school, let me go back to my high school. Um, I I had courses that I liked, and I like I said when I was the chapel prefect. Part of the responsibilities that I had was to go represent to school in Bible quiz. You know, you have Bible verses or Bible chapters you have to cram on your head and you have to drop. And, you know, you have competitions whereby you're, you're facing the, the the next school in all those quizzes. So those are actually the interesting, those are the memories mm. and like I have of my childhood. I actually thank God, yeah, I actually, I got involved in some things that I, I can still remember. And I was like, yeah, they were actually fun. And, you know, but do you think those things actually, you know, um, beat your, your your character? Yes, it does. It does. It really does because you know there are some things that personally some people some people would do and they'd be like, ah, me, I would just be like, nah, it doesn't really. So there are some, yeah, it's it's just like grooming. There's no way those things will not um, have their own effect on someone's growth on how, how you eventually turn because those are those were the things you've put in your head when your when your brain was still young open trying to figure out everything those are the things you were feeding your brain so yeah i and personally you know i can see that it actually has influenced my life in a whole other way so in oau like I said, I was able to handle the educational part and thank God, even though I had to retake a course, which I think the course was from your department still. Why? Why so many rejections from economics, man? <laughs> was SSC 101 um, statistics oh, and... Um, yeah, the statistics course. Uh, 
106. 106. That was mathematics. Yeah. Um, yeah, matrix and the light. Yeah, that was mathematics. Right. Yeah, yeah, this that course, that course didn't get. So what I did was I left the course. I didn't retake the course. I left it and I didn't put it. I didn't add it on my um, any of um, year two or year three courses because as at that time I was already getting involved with music and everything. So now I knew if I add another extra course on it, it would demand more time and I would not be able to um, cope. So. And the last year, I wanted to add it in the last year, but unfortunately, that last year had an extra cost on it, and I could not add more than the unit. Yeah, there's like a maximum number of units that you can do. Uh, yeah, so I have to retake it, which is terrible. And it's a second yeah, semester course, so it means you have that, to. And that's the a second semester, semester course. That, that is terrible. But you know, you know mm. how God now helps me? That was the year they were merging convocation. So, even when I finished, I still had the same convocation with everybody because wow, 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 they were merging convocation. All things work together. <laughs> Good. Afterwards, I I went to Sokoto. I still taught geography in Sokoto. Interesting, interesting. Stuff. Yeah, I learned a little Hausa in Sokoto just you know communication day-to-day -day communication buying stuffs then uh i had no we had no issue with um boko haram or anything or any of those stuffs it was actually safe and they were actually warm you know i learned a whole lot about that period of my life actually taught me a whole lot about how how human we actually are away from all this um, scientific development and everything. There are still people on this earth that are still living as bare as, you know, a whole lot of years ago. There are still people that are not in this, our space that we actually, we actually used to think maybe- Much our closer to nature. Huh? Brought you closer to, basically brought you Bro closer to brought nature. Brought me closer to nature, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was actually cool to actually, you know, see that part. So um, when I finished, when I finished um, serving in Sokoto, I had to come back to Lagos because, you know, I was, I was done doing what I was doing and I didn't have, I didn't have the plan of staying. So um, I was in Lagos then um after a while i think I, I worked in lagos yeah i worked in lagos when i got to lagos i worked and after a while i got signed to a label and um, that period it was all music it was all music wow. about my life everything the whole movement all music then after i was out of the label not i think it was i think it was three months after I just had a change of mind that I need, I need, I, I can't just be like this. I can't, I, I can't leave myself and not have some self-improvement or self-development away from music. Yeah. Away from music. I just had that thought, which I know we still delve into that, those areas though. So I just had to like go get my master's and secure that and 
you know, build myself. There were a lot of things I still needed to do in terms of personal growth building, mental growth building, um, um, financial growth building, financial management, a whole lot of steps I needed to do, which I was, I'm, I'm actually now grateful I was able to realize that, yeah, I needed all these things as a human being. You know, interesting. So, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so you, you you did you did a master's um in some university in Cyprus, right? Yeah. And, uh, what was your master's um on? Like, what was the discipline, the specialty of your master's? Okay. Um, let me link. Let me link the time I left um my at the label in Nigeria and the time I decided to travel. So. Now, you know, I studied geography, yeah? And, the, and the, the part of geography that excited me the most was the explorative part of it, the whole Air Force thing, the whole getting to know places. So I had the feeling of, okay, what course could I do? That still, I wanted to do marketing. I wanted to do management. Okay, at the same time, I still have affinity for um, geography, tourism, getting to know different places and all. So... When I, I checked the uh, the brochure of the school, I saw they had um, they had tourism and hospitality management. And under the courses, I saw that they had management and they had marketing. So which um, they and under the tourism, they had um, the uh, the clothes selling part, like like a like a hotel boutique part. So there were different, different areas I could actually benefit from. I just decided like, okay, yeah, I think this is the cost for me. Just use one stone to kill the bird, which was a very, very great step because I had to learn a lot about business, about marketing, you know, the forward integration, backward integration, brand differentiation. I had to learn a whole lot about how to handle the business. Because the tourism space too is a business, is a, is a industry on its own. And it still consists of music itself. It's still intertwined with arts and culture. It's still intertwined with the hotel management and like so. I just, I just felt that was a good cause for me, which, you know, it actually is. So after then, I decided to move here to UK because here, you know, it gives the opportunity to, you know, um, it gives you more opportunities to choose from. Let me just put it that way. Exactly. And, you know, anything you get to put your mind on doing, you have the, the opportunities, right? The right opportunities to be able to, to execute them. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice space to be in. So um, talking about your, your passion for music and, you know, um, on if we, if, we, if we went randomly into Apple Music, right, and we set the word while D, right, one song pops up and that song is titled So Wait To. So what was the inspiration behind yeah, Soweto? Okay. Um, Soweto is a song that was actually originally written by Fireboy DML. That's another so, great Ife product. I've not said this to anybody before. But, Interesting. You know. So, um, just just a uh, spoiler alert, right? You guys first heard this on the Kingdoms podcast. <laughs> so, continue, my brother. So, let me let me go back to OAU days while 
uh, we were in school in the old industry because you know I, I just meant I just um, we just talked about that briefly. So you know while we were in OAU, um, we had other artists to doing the craft and everything. We had Zamora, we had Black Bones, we had Fireboy, DML. Um, we had a whole lot of guys doing their things, comedians to Aroli, you know, and to Simbad and the likes. So after we left school, back in school, um, Fabio and I were quite close, you know, at the point we're roommates. And afterwards, there was a day he was playing some songs for me. And, you know, I knew Fabio was a very, very good writer. So we were, and we, we were fond of um, freestyling. Um, I play the guitar, he sings, Zamora sings, you know, we just do our thing and just freestyle. So that day he played some songs and I liked the song. I liked a couple of the songs, but that very one, I liked it. And I was singing it and I was like, yeah, I want the song. Like, I like the song. And we spoke about it and he was like, ah, no worries. Like, like, no worries. Like, you can have the song and all. And um, it was actually produced by Zaki. It was actually produced by Zaki because then is it the, the Northern Nigerian um, singer turned producer. Yeah, Amuje. Yeah, yeah, you people know him as Amuje. You know, he oh. produced the um, Fireboy Rama song. So that, that's an OG um, in the music industry. It's an OG too. It's an OG. So um, we because we're all roommates too and we're all songwriters and he he we picked a date and we he came to my side and uh, Zaki too was on my side then um in Lagos we recorded it in in um second toll gate in Lagos you know our estate then so we recorded it and you know I just did it my way and delivered it my way you know and it was cool and I you know, I, I told you I used to listen to different genres of songs, including South African song. You know, oh, wow. when I heard the song, he the song meant more to me because he had the he had this historical um connection with me because of the kind of songs I used to listen to when, when I was young. I used to listen to Miriam Makeba, Huma Sakila, um, even uh, Paul Simon's um Graceland. I used to listen oh. to it when I was young. How so, about Lucky Doobie? Lucky Doobie, yeah. <laughs> Lucky Doobie. Chaka Chaka. Yes. Brenda Farsi. Yeah. Brenda so, Farsi. I think she's I big now. I used to listen to those. Yeah. So uh, I just liked the song. and the nostalgic experience, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. So that's actually the story of how Soweto was made. And, you know, it was. it's a beautiful song, which today I still love. I love the song so much. Oh, wow, interesting. So speaking of South Africa, right? Um, South Africa, when you look at the Spotify analytics for this podcast, right? Um, the third, you know, the country with the third highest population of listeners to the Kingdom's podcast is South Africa. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I think number one is the UK, number two is Nigeria, number three is South Africa. And I think some other countries are coming up, popping up, uh, the likes of France, the likes of um, Switzerland. You know, they're, they're popping up in the analytics, you know. <laughs> so we're going global, nice. we're going global. You know, the, global on, yeah. on, so, <laughs> on, on social media, there's a lot of fuss, you know, made about, you know, Nigerian men and um, South African women. You know, they're always like, oh, when a South African woman gets into a Nigerian 
um, man face, you know, like Nigerian men are like really caring, you know, um, they spend a lot of money for South African women. Have you ever been in your own South African women face? Uh, no, 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 no. I, okay, not, but then you're just you're just thinking this away to song, right? To no, no, culture. I just, no, I just, I just, I just love them generally. I just love South mm-hmm. Africans. I love their culture. You know, in you know, back in the days, they they started this uh, infusing cultures into music, so you can feel what they are feeling. See, Sarafina. you can you could actually feel the pain in the song. You could actually feel the pain in every lyrics. You know, mm. even their culture, the dance, and everything. So, you know, it's I'm a, I'm a kind of person that if you, if you go to my page now, th- there are something, there are some two things you will know. There are two things you will notice. This guy likes fashion, and this guy likes Afrobeat. Interested, interested. Those are the two things you'll be able to pick from my page while just while watching my videos. So that's actually what I exhibit. Afrobeats is a massive movement, but before we talk about Afrobeats, let's talk about Ama Piano, because that is, you know, the biggest musical movement from South Africa right now. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, um, on the global acceptance uh, and movement of Ama Piano? And do we expect believe- to, see, to see, hear any Ama Piano sound from you, you know, going into the future? Yeah, um, all these years, I've actually been recording. That that's something I never stopped doing. I never stopped writing. I never stopped recording. You know, I've been recording and I've been um, listening to sounds, listening sounds. So um, definitely, I'm going to um, this. This I'm saying for the first time because um, I've been, you know, I've been away for a couple of years from the music musical scene. You know, which we'll still talk about. It is, you, you, you're preempting one of my next set of questions. <laughs> okay, no problem. Since you're preempting it, right? No problem. Because that's, I, I can see my one. script right here in front of my laptop, right? And that is the very next question. Let me read it out to you. Why? Okay, just, just hit, pause, hit me with the question. Why the pause, why the in your musical career after the Soweto single? So tell us. Yes, this is like you're reading my script, right? Okay, <laughs> preempt me. Tell us. <laughs> Uh, why the post? Why the post in my musical journey? Yeah, yes, because you okay. you definitely have been recording, but you have not been publishing. So tell us, I've not been publishing. Fans, yeah, so the fans, yeah, there's know. a there's a deliberate reason for that, a very deliberate one. You know, um, the last time I spoke about, um, I spoke about me realizing I had, um, in the music space, there's some requirements. Yeah. Okay. And apart from the you being able to record, apart from you being able to um, perform as an artist, you're good, you know how to write. There are some knowledge you have to know. That's why some people feel, oh, they don't know how the Nigerians do it. There's a way that's been done. There are some things you must know personally. So after um, I got out of my label, I decided I wanted to improve myself because I knew personally there's some things I needed to know. And I knew the time frame I had in learning some fundamental things. So I decided to go for my master's, which um, there was no way I could have been pushing my master's and uh, my song heavily since I wasn't even in the country. So okay. I had to travel 
to Cyprus to get my master's. And when I was done, all through those times, I was recording, you know, some days I dropped snippets and all. But I needed the managerial knowledge of the music space, you know. Okay. Before I traveled, I realized that when I was in my, um, when I was on my, the formal label, there were a lot of things going on in my head. There were a lot of pains going on in my heart that I could not voice out to anybody. I wasn't even in the space of anybody listening to um, whatever I wanted to see. So now, <clears throat> after I left, I just had to sit down like, okay, yeah. I'm not the only person who goes through this kind of thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. There are a lot of people to going through this kind of thing and they can't say, but, you know, you just have to keep moving. So I just realized that, okay, now, what were the reasons why these things happened to you? What were the things you needed to know? What were the lessons learned? Okay, now, for you not to go face that same thing again and for you to think in a a wider, wider, just think in a wider picture, you need some self-development, which made me go to my master's. And after then, um, I start. Uh, I started doing some little, little businesses myself. So, um, which would lead me to another um, section of the whole story, which is the lead music group section of the whole story. Okay, but then we, before we get to the lead um, music group, right, because um, apparently that's the next thing on, on my agenda, right? But then, you know, let's speak a, a little bit about uh, the, the, the depression that our musical artists actually face. And then I think it, they, they've been hit with like a lot of uh, mental pressure in this age and time that if you're not in the limelight, if you're not in the mainstream, you know, or probably you probably hit some sort of stardom at some point and then you are not um, selling as much as you used to be, right? Um, They bring up like different antics and some of them go into like full on depression. Like why do you think that is happening, you know, in recent time? The reason is this, um, basically, let's look at ratio, um, ratio statistics. The ratio of record labels to number of artists will be like 1 to 99. You understand? So now, there are some people that are actually do not have anybody to push them. They've invested so much time, so much money so much of their life into that craft and it doesn't even seem as if they're doing what they're doing right to get to some point some people don't even have some people feel they need some people to get somewhere and the knowledge of actually getting there they don't have it but they know they have the talent now the frustration of spending each year chasing that same dream not feeling you've actually achieved enough and you have pressures around from um from yourself you have pressures from your family you have pressure from your mom who loves you so much and wants you to um to be uh to be a a very successful person she's supporting your craft but at the same time she's scared 
you yourself you're scared because even if you get to the top you'll still be scared of not falling robots not beating the day <laughs> yeah so there are a lot of people who actually fall into that when they've tried a whole lot they've tried they feel actually they've tried you know we don't know god's time we don't know god's plan so we only walk and um, we only do whatever we're doing in that vacuum of 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 uh, that blind spot of okay that hope consistency and uh, if i put in the work it's gonna get done but you know it, that's for some people that if they put in the work pray and be, uh, they are consistent um the results gonna come now let's say 20 percent gets that arrangement right and the 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 result comes there are like 80 percent that actually have been on the underground for years that have not even been seen one bit so a whole lot of people actually go through that when they have actually have wasted their time a lot on that same craft and it doesn't look bright on the other side too you know what which other way will i go okay if this music doesn't work what would i do so, so why so is it that you don't have a plan b yeah you should have yeah, a plan, plan a, b. plan b and plan c yeah plan b like is like um is like out of every artist in nigeria the real truth is like if everybody cannot blow everybody <laughs> cannot no it cannot it's because it's that's that's a that's a rule some some people will definitely a whole lot will so now there are a lot of people that actually do not have a plan b never um planned ahead and you know by the time it happens then you would actually be stuck then you wonder okay where do you go you understand so i I didn't want to be in that situation too. Because to me, the way I see this thing, music is just one. It's one of it. But you don't, I don't want to, because of that one, kill other, my other abilities, my other energies, my other um, probabilities. So I just have to like look that's outside the <laughs> That's some mathematics. Let, let me get more knowledge. Let me improve myself. Let me give myself more options. Let me give myself more options in life rather than just one option, which was what I went for. Hmm. And just what hope, I hope believe, what, I hope young up and coming artists are listening to you, listening to this advice, you know. Yeah, so it's, you know. There are some people that will actually blow. They will actually blow on TikTok. They will actually blow, actually blow, blow. And after some time, you know, they won't pop again. That too is another stage of it. You know, the stage of, okay, people that don't even get to blow. Some people get to blow a few months. And some people get to blow like a couple, like one or two years and still don't have a plan B. So it's just like um, me just thinking outside the box, like, okay, yeah. I can't allow this to happen. If I don't do this, do this, do this, this will happen. But since I've known that it will happen if I don't do it, then I'll be very, very funny if I don't do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. You, you get that angle of the that. So now, if I want to get to a point that if I want to drop my songs, I will drop my song with, with ease. I don't need the song to survive. 
And if I drop the song, the song is doing well. I still have my money to promote. And if I have a deal with someone, I'm not staying in your house. We have a deal. We'll have a deal, yeah? It's not that um, my morning food is based on one person. My No. So, you know, those are the things that those are the, the realities of the um the what's going on like okay um you have to depend on that person for if you have if you don't have another source of income as an artist you know that means it if finances stop from that line that means that's the end you don't want to put yourself in that situation whereby one person determines either you eat or you don't eat or you wear your clothes or you don't wear your clothes mm. Mm. regardless of you know, whatever you do in life like it's never a good idea to be overly dependent on um any one person right that, yeah i know there will be situations kind of, there will be times whereby you are in that phase um you are pushing hard 100% an artist yeah that is that is a normal working routine but at the same time i'm just saying like um it's not everybody that can it's not everybody that can have a label that can actually hold your shoulders completely to actually push you completely some labels can only push your music and push um like maybe 60 percent of what you need if you need to do other things outside the box you still have to know how you you're going to sort it and if you are not popping yet and you are still in the face of the label pumping money you have to do everything right at the same time you have to they, they would be pumping money into your project and you you need to actually um other sources of other things you need to do you have to sort it yourself because you can't go and keep disturbing them for um stuffs when you know that <laughs> yeah, they are busy investing on you. So all those things are what actually gets artists like, okay, um, you see the artist you know on the TV and you just see him in real life, you realize that like he doesn't even have, you know, he doesn't mm. even have much. There's, there's a lot of fake life, you know, in, in the musical industry, right? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of labels, speaking of labels, let's, uh, let's talk about the lead music and record label. What's up with Lit Music uh, record label? So Lit Music Group um, is just the record label arm of Lit Music Entertainment Limited. Um, Lit Music Entertainment Limited is still involved in with shows. So right now that we are now in the UK, um, we we you do you know Runda? Runda. That yeah, we had. We had the artist Ronda, and uh, when his contract ended, we moved to the UK. So okay. we had a show. Uh, Are you like a co-founder? Are you like a co-founder of the lead music record label? No, I'm just the label manager. Okay. I'm the one okay. in control of the operations of the label and everything. Okay. So that face again, I didn't put that face in. Uh, while I was in Cyprus. I had the opportunity of actually handling lead music, which I took the responsibility because that was that was another phase of the whole entertainment industry that I had not had the um, uh, experience in. Remember, I had the experience of being an artist, yeah. Okay. Which every if you ask me now, 
about what happened about uh, when I was in um, my label, I will tell you something as an artist. Now, Leap Music Group gave me the opportunity to actually see things from the record label point of view. You know, I'm able to balance differences now. I'm able to actually see when this person, you know, is saying this is okay. I'm able to see from the the investor's perspective too, which I can say all those things are, you know, I didn't, I might just be away from the frontline scene of the, the whole music thing, but I'm making sure I'm learning what I'm supposed to be learning. That's why I said I'm in the self-development phase. So I was able to actually see a whole lot of flaws too and a whole lot of dangerous terrain you can actually run into. Actually able to see how the 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 whole real the real promo actually works, what the labels actually go through to actually plug you all around, the kind of connect and plugs they have to pull, the kind of um um on your toes they have to be they have to be on their toes for you. It's your own responsibility is just to get the songs and everything. The labels must make sure they actually create that pathway for you. Which a lot of musicians don't see this, you know. They don't see things this way because you know sometimes you are asking your label for something of this, and the label is already thinking of something that will skyrocket you, but you're there disturbing them for another thing, and all those things are actually popping up and everything, you know. Or you have um um maybe any kind of issues if you ask the label they will have their side if you ask the artist he will um have his own side so um exactly. i've been able to actually get like a round um like a well-rounded perspective yeah from from both sides right even yeah. even the marketing side even the the um online marketing and you know all those things these are courses i still took so uh, you know when i decide to actually emerge i'll be fully ready i will know what to what to do where to do what not to do what to listen to and what not to listen to hmm. interesting but well, speaking of because, um, emerging right like are, are we expecting any song from you anytime soon yes bro yeah yeah, you know, there's something about music. Music will never leave you. You know, you know, some something dragging your neck, like dragging your neck. It will never. <laughs> I tell people, music is a food to the soul, right? And I'm, um, it's it's quite interesting. You know, I had uh, I interviewed a guest earlier today, and he is actually um into music um business. So he he owns his own um, musical um, business company. So he he was talking about um, sometime when he was promoting uh, Lady Donnelly. You know Lady Donnelly? Yeah, Lady Donnelly. Uh, I know her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the previous guest was Mario Abalugu. And then at the end of the the, the podcast, he, you will see the question he left for you. <laughs> <laughs> you will see the question left for you. Well, I'm interested. So um, on your profile uh, on on Instagram, you know I snuck at your profile and then I saw yeah. you are a KYC and AML analyst. You know, can you like yeah. briefly talk about this 
and you know what the impact of this costs would have on the society. Okay, um, a KYC analyst is uh, KYC. Let me break it down for people that don't know KYC. KYC is know your, your customer, <laughs> and EL is anti money laundering. And my major responsibility is to make sure that whatever customer a company is having is actually who he says he is. And this is um, this this is one of the ways that we use in tracking down um, terrorism or money laundering all around the world. So before the money gets into circulation, because there are different um, aspects of it, we have the integration and where you integrate the money into the system. So that point in time, before we get to the integration part, we have to have been able to um, see the red flag, you know, because some people, you know, you launder money and you use it to buy, you know, Bitcoin or you just flip it or buy cars and sell the cars. Before you know it, the money has landed in another country. So it's our own responsibility to quickly check if the document you actually provided, we verify it with actually what we have on the internet. Internet, You know, we, we check the company house, we, we check your information, we check, you know, where, um, if you're, if you're, the office you say you um, own is actually at the location you say it is. And we check if you've sent money to countries that have been red flagged by the FCA, we check different, different things. Maybe um, you, you, you've traveled to that place before and we check where you we actually, where you said you would be, uh, the countries you've told us you'll be doing business with. And if we see like, okay, you start doing businesses with some other um, countries and it's suspicious and it's frequent, we actually have to look look at it and escalate it. So in all, it actually keeps the financial industry safe. Mm. You know, and it actually keeps, keeps the integrity the together. It helps us to reduce the money that flocks into the terrorism world or the money that has been stolen from on underdeveloped countries, you know, and and the likes. Interesting. It reduces those um, uh, fund misappropriation and, you know, all those things. Mm. Well, it's quite interesting to, to see that you're quite resourceful. You know, I am a finance professional myself, you know, and we utilize, you know, uh, KYC and AML checks, you know, in uh, all of the work that we do. And, you know, it's uh, fantastic to have, you know, somebody in into music business, right, and also be resourceful in the, the financial world yeah, kudos to you on that you know and uh okay so speaking of nigerian music industry you know nigeria has been the the hot job of the world it has been nigeria, nigeria is like the the music hot cake man pulse the hot cake of the world right now especially with the afrobeats uh movement right so uh can you give your two cents about you know the international recognition we're having and where do you see Afrobeats going in the next couple of years, say five, ten years? Like, what do you see the Afrobeat movement doing? Um, I see Afrobeat actually even still dominating the mall. Do you know why I said it? Um, why? <laughs> if you check your YouTube now, that's what the whole African um, community is talking about, every African country. 
It's Afrobeat. It's the domination of Afrobeat. Now, um, you can either win people by love or by fear. Now, they actually love Afrobeat sound right from time. But now that some countries are even now scared that or won't eat overshadow this, that will still keep them on their toes and still be um, tracking the Afrobeat journey either by podcasts or by anything, it will be increasing the numbers. And you know now that um, Nigerians actually migrated in large numbers in a couple of years, um, from like four years ago to now. So, and if you notice a Nigerian, if a Nigerian gives you food in his house, he's going to play Afrobeat to step it down for you. <laughs> to welcome everybody. Exactly, yeah. the entertainment is, is massive. So, like, everybody's a peer <laughs> already, a so... Yeah. <laughs> and now that they're penetrating... And don't forget that Afrobeat is multicultural. We get the source of the source of the sound, the source of the lyrics, and the source of the language from different cultures. And one culture has numerous dynamics that you can use to write a song, topless of the numerous culture. And when you start mixing things together, you start getting different sounds. That's why you see Omale has a sound, Victoni has a sound, Brunner Boy has a sound. Uh, they, even if you check the, if you, if you check um, like three levels down and you go to the streets, you see some hot artists that's still gonna emerge. And if you notice something in the entertainment industry in Nigeria now, this is kind of togetherness. That, that we're enjoying now, that everybody's promoting for everybody. Everybody's trying to make sure, you see Don Jazzy promoting for this person, you know, everybody's trying to push the band, promoting for, you know, we are now realizing that, yeah, the spotlight is on us, now is the time to take charge, and as many people as we can push out there from Nigeria, we need to push them out there and make sure that we we, this is our spotlight will make use of it, which is what Nigerians are actually doing now. See Kiss Daniel's new two songs now. I saw something about Kiss Daniel that um, Kiss Daniel deserves a Grammy. I saw it on X. That's an agenda oh, really? that can still be pushed. That, that, and there's nothing saying that Kiss oh, well, can still win at a which Grammy. Of songs, which, which of the songs are you talking about? You, th you say he has two new songs. I know there's one uh, about... Um, there's one Twitter. You, you have money. You have money. No, it's a new song. No, no, he has not released okay. it. He has not released them. He just dropped the snippet. Okay. Oh, Check really? his page. Wow. Yeah, check his wow. page. They're hard. Interesting. Like, Afrobeat. So, to me, Afrobeat is, Afrobeat is a sound of numerous sounds that can people cannot be tired of it portable has its own um side of wahala, wahala, wahala. Um, <laughs> black bones has its own side of afrobeat <laughs> so afrobeat is flexible so it's we can't easily get tired of it because if you get a smooth um afro depression now you get something from bonaboy you get from davido you step it down with whiskey you know, even if you still want to go go back, you still can still go back to old songs of one day and still be cool. Yeah, well, you know, what's really interesting is seeing how, you know, foreigners have really come to accept and love Afrobeats, you know. Uh, there was some time, I think earlier this year, I was invited, you know, on a boat party somewhere in London, right? And then, you know, I met with, you know, people from, 
South America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some Spanish guys there as well. And then if you see the way they were rocking Afrobeats, they were singing whiskey Ashake word for word, and I was scared. I was like, what? What is happening here? These guys are taking this thing beyond. Yeah, because you know, that's what the their radio stations are playing thought. now. You can walk up, you can walk in Lido and you hear a Burner Boy song. It's 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 really massive the that you know. movement is massive. And then I think another thing that's interesting is seeing the fusions, right? I love the, the fusions of Afrobeats. You know, um Afrobeats, you're having fusions with Ama Piano, with you know, other um genres from like different places in the world, you know, Afrobeat is fusing with R and B, with yeah. pop, you know, pop in the US, the cat selling and, and that made it and, easy. Uh, that made rem- it easy for them to accept it. That made it yes. easy for them to understand the sound because yes. now you can mix it with what they understand to create something. Mm-hmm. See, um, lonely at the top with her. See, averse. Yes, she came yes. down on an Afro level, but at the same time, she still gave us the R and B style, the the, the 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 rhythm, the vibe. It was it was massive. You can Rema Rema with um Selena Gomez. That song is a global heat and they're right. happy they can actually jump on the afro song which is cool <laughs> yes like uh, it's, it's massive um i think like what's like two years ago i'm um, justin bieber you know did something with whiskey and um the teams and even drake as well drake as well did you know uh collaborations with teams and uh, whiskey as well so like the, the movement is really massive, right? So, uh, but but then for you, if you were to pick like your top five um, Afrobeat artists, you know, in no particular order, who who would those be? The top five. My top five. Okay, my top five would be uh, like the hottest the, exports from Nigeria right now. Okay, the hottest export on my That's own fave. Uh, on your on your playlist, I'm not talking about people you have emotional sentiments about. I'm talking about <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yes, because I know Nigerians, right? You lot have you know faves. You have like fan clubs. Like I don't, ha- I don't identify with any fan club. I only identify with good music. That is me as a person, right? So I love you know anybody promoting excellent music from Nigeria. Right. But so, for example, for me, when I checked my, uh, you know, it's towards the end of the year now, I checked my YouTube music, I checked my um, Apple music, and then, you know, they have this summary, this rundown for yeah, the year. Yeah, summary. And yeah. I, yeah. And I saw that my number one most listening to artist was Burner Boy. Number two was Ashake. I can't remember three, four, five. But so, um, in terms of the the, the hot exports uh, that you're feeling the music right now, right? And also, Take into cognizance global recognition. Who will just talk about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say, for you? I'll say that number one will be Ashake, okay. and the reason is I, I, because, I, because he went to OAU. <laughs> no, the reason is because of the language barrier. The reason because the reason is because uh, we've been having this noise about you know language is. is um, stopping Olamide from getting some recognitions or from, mm-hmm. from doing some things. Now, Ashake still killed it anyway. So for him having those numbers and have, still having that strong fan base outside Nigeria, that's why he has to be number one. Number two, I'll say Burner Boy. Um, mm, Burner. Yeah, yeah, Burner. Burner makes cool moves, like legit moves. 
you understand that's what i love about him and you know moves that make sense uh my third would be rema my third would be rema yeah 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 i love i love rema but my fourth did you say four or five 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 uh my thoughts would be uh arista arista are you trying to teach gender equality now no, Gender not that. Balance. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm fully, I'm fully your legs there. Influence. I know they, yes, they have exactly. here. Yeah, yeah. Arista, like, like she's had some collaborations with UK artists, and then she's been on like the UK top forty. You know, yeah, I, 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 I follow this. I, follow, even I follow the music trends, man. Netherlands. Yeah. She's killing it. She's top of the charts. She's, yeah, she's mm -hmm. really, you know, Then the last one, really. the last one. I think the reason I'm putting the last one is. It might not be in one of the um, best exports or top exports now, but I know, you know. She that's that person's on your top five, on your top five, right? Interesting. You know, you're going to gonna have you're going to have honorable mentions after the top five. So let's let's have number five. <laughs> let's have okay. number five. Number five. Um, who who would I put in number five? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see my playlist. Um, you wanted to add somebody just now. <laughs> do, you, do you want to push that person to the honorable mentions? Uh, Feel free. Okay, Feel let free. me say. Let Feel me say Omali. Let me say Omali. Okay. But the person okay. I actually wanted to mention was Victoni. Victoni, wow, interesting. Guys, has a unique style, and Victoni is Victoni would yeah. go hard. Victoni yeah. would go hard. He has that really guy would, Yeah, very, 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 very bad. And he's, he's a good writer. He's a he's a awesome writer. Mm. Like you, and even his voice. I appreciate the songs. Not just love his songs. I appreciate what is just what Rema is doing. I appreciate that he's doing what he's doing because those are yeah. the reasons he. The more we have all these unique sounds, those are the things mm -hmm. that will keep Afrobeat more alive. You know, yes. the more young people that we actually have to be different. pops up, you know, give them um, shawarma today, give them chicken goujon tomorrow, you know, just mix it up with them. Don't let them... Variety, variety, the spice no, of life. Yeah, variety. Don't let them... <laughs> spice up your life. You know how Afrobeat is. And this is how it's... No, no, no. no. May they not get us. You understand? Yeah. They, they won't be tired. <laughs> we we'll just stop them. You know, I, I like the fact that now, if you think about Nigeria, you can actually first think about Afrobeat before thinking about crime. Exactly. You know, exactly. It, it's a very, very sweet thing because it's actually helping us that are actually outside Nigeria. That's why, you know, a whole lot of us are actually pushing the agenda because, you know, while I was in, in Cyprus, yeah, there are some times um, they do not want to give nigerian homes same as in turkey too just don't want to give nigerian homes because because of the bad name and everything but yeah, now it's, it's crazy about the, the bad reputation it's bad really reputation and everything yeah so even I if do, you I don't do know why they feel like that, on that. Yeah? I said I do have my crazy story on on don't worry. Like I, I want you, I, I want to hear your honorable mentions before before I okay. talk about it. Don't so worry. my my honorable mentions would be um like I said, Victoni. Um who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Okay. People I actually think that can still take over. 
Um, oh, no, no, before that, Wandeko. Yeah, Wandeko, please. Wandeko before Victoni. Me, sorry. I've OG very... before IG. Ah, OG, OG like, before IG, right? Uh, me, that call, yeah, is one of the guys that I will listen to and listen to and listen to. And I won't, you know, get tired. You notice that Whiskey and Davido are not on my on my top export, why, yeah? Why? Why do? Why do? Be, because a whole lot is changing now, yeah? Okay. And a whole lot is going to change. So in terms of the, um, at the moment, at the moment stuff, yeah? At least for this year. Yeah, I'm I'm building it on that. For whiskey, whiskey didn't really do much this year. But, you know, are you sure you know, the whiskey the FC thing... are not going to come after you? Are you sure the no, whiskey no, no, FC no, are... no, no, no. <laughs> the thirty whiskey, BG? <laughs> whiskey needed a rest. No, whiskey needed a rest this year. Okay, whiskey needed a rest this year. Generally, in terms of um, our uh, best exports, yeah, definitely whiskey and individual are going to top it. You understand. But for this year, you know, right now music is as it's happening, as it's happening. Before you know it, another, another, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I'll hurts. give it to Wandeko. Okay, then um, that's where Whiskey, Wandeko, uh, and um, and Davido are going to be. You understand? So they are actually always there. They are always there. But the people that are actually making it, they're actually. Pa, 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 pa. Like they're actually them Rema actually drilling hard now for us. Yeah, they're really, yeah, actually they're... drilling hard for us now at yeah. the moment. It's, it's you understand? I, I think performed at uh was it uh uh some some international soccer uh events. UEFA champions, yeah, UEFA champions uh, league final, right? Um, but um, Rema was uh, he performed at the Ballon d'Or uh, ceremonies, yeah. right? David O performed at the World Cup. You know, it's World Cup, interesting yeah. here to see Afrobeats, you know, being you know performed, being presented at the global stage, at the very peaks of the global stage, and you know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. It makes you proud to, to be a Nigerian, to identify as a Nigerian, to identify as an African. You know, to see that you know the African movement is like really growing um, places, but um, mind you, you know you have the mainstream Afrobeats, and then you still have you know um, uh, genres of Afrobeats that are like alter crews, like the alternative music. You know, pioneered by the people, yeah. people, yeah, people like see me. Uh, I think I didn't yeah. really used to be like awesome alter alter crews, but I think yeah, he kind of then okay, people like see me, people like Aladipo, you know, you know Lady Donnelly. Yeah, so 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 what do you think about those guys? Like they are like another industry on their own. No, they're they, not like another industry on their own. If you notice the way um the way Afrobeat is. We have people that sound like this. We have people like that sound like this, and we have people that sound like this. And we now have people that okay, uh, I want to sound like this. Let me bring two of the way Simi does this, this, this. Let me bring one of that. Let me sound like. Uh, let me use Ijesha small here. Let me use. So that's how Afrobeat is. All those genres just still makes the whole industry complete. That's why 
they still can on they will not still understand how it how it is because you have a cheeky that sounds that way, you have a portable yeah. that sounds this way. You still have someone like Liu Kesh that sounds the way it sounds. So there are some people that they, they grew up listening to Liu Kesh or they grew up listening to Wandeko. See, Oxlade said he grew up listening to Wandeko. So Wandeko had um, a great influence on his sound. So now, all the sounds that we now still have now, a lot of people will still, a new generation will now still pick from those sounds, build on it. So it will still keep on building new sounds because someone might mix, Sichin Kochiko was mixing Chinese. Yeah. That is another style. So, you know, they are, they are actually doing their group, like Simi now. Simi, Simi has an audience, people that love I Like, people that love melodious songs, people that love indigenous songs, alternative songs. You know, she can still do her own, um, she can still do her R&B. People that, they still have their own fan base. And those kind of songs tend to feed us with good content. Those kind of songs are the songs that have the good lyrics. So now, by the time you've done Fuji Small, you want to put some... Um, um vocal dexterity into your thing you move into r&b people the way they sing you put time there small you know all those things so it's just it's just a full industry that we'll have which we are actually enjoying now don't forget we still have the songwriters we have the promoters the managers the event planners you know all these people that are underground doing their work the prs the nado and the likes everybody playing his part so you see that you know the the whole engine of everything is coming from Nigeria. The 200 that almost, almost 300 million people. You're putting the engine, they are the engine, which resonates outside that we are listening here. Mm, you you, you understand? So that's why, so far, Nigerians are keeping it hot. You will disturb them now. Because you have Nigerians <laughs> everywhere all around the world. Yes, At least your, exactly. friend, your white friends now, at least they will have heard one or two Afrobeat songs from you, yeah? Definitely. I, I'm, I'm a I big mean, ambassador of, of, of Afrobeats. I think I, I, I like got into some sort of like argument with somebody, you know, when uh, she told me that she does not like Afrobeats. I'm like, oh, why don't you like Afrobeats? It means you don't like me. <laughs> and I feel like, oh, what? are you Afrobeats? I'm like, yeah, I'm an ambassador of Afrobeats. <laughs> so people don't like Afrobeats first listening. So yeah, don't like Afro bit up, and, and it depends on the introductory song. For instance, yes, if you if if you go and meet your white friend and she likes semi kind of song, and she likes I'm sorry R and B, and you play Afro beat in R and B form to R, she would connect easily. From there, easy. she can listen to more. From there, she's already understanding the sound. But if you go yeah. and bring a if you go and play a portable or a fast song to someone that likes um violin tempo kind of or violin um sound kind of song you know she might not really yeah, connect and... you just give them the, the fusion the the afro fusion that you know connects to their own like musical background and sometimes and, eh, and, and sometimes what fascinates me is that sometimes you will hear a random song fast beat song that you don't expect a white person to like and they're just going to like it, and they just want to do that move they are doing there. 
So you know the way. Yes. Music so it depends. You know. Just, yeah. Me, me, music has gone uh, a long way, and you know, um, you know, in uh, clubs, right? Uh, the, a, a lot of uh, like white uh club, dominated clubs, they like EDM. That's electronic dance music. Yeah. So, okay. uh, uh, yes. Like I was like out of the UK recently, and then you know I was in one of those clubs, and I saw that the, the DJ was playing Afro beats. You know, as EDM. I was like, what is happening here? They do fuse Afrobeat. They can still fuse Afrobeat into EDM house, techno. You know, it was, you know, they were just doing that, the dance. I'm like, oh, wow, like, interesting. <laughs> I'm proud, proud of this. I'm proud of this. Mm, let's not forget my, 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 um, crime story right so i you know i i work as an auditor right and then um there was some time out in you know some client office and i was you know having a conversation with um one of the staff members and then the staff member asked me oh where are you from i said oh i'm from nigeria and then the lady she's um half jamaican half polish right and then guess what she told me she said oh wow that's oh, you're from Nigeria. I, I hear there are a lot of criminals from Nigeria. Is that why they're bringing an auditor like you from Nigeria so that you can detect what? our crime? I was like, what the hell? Like, okay, for so real? that you can you can easily detect fraud. Yeah, fraud was where she used. I was like, for you, like I felt really, really terrible. But then I had to, you know, if you're in a professional mm -hmm. environment, you have to compose yourself and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah guess 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 what I did in that kind of situation, right? You know, I had to educate her. I told her, um, wait, um, I see that, you know, you've been hearing a lot of um, negative press about Nigeria. Let's um, let's um, have a conversation. What do you think is the population of the UK? She was like, oh, she did not know. I thought, okay, let's check the internet. I think it was like around 66 million there about, right? And then I asked her, like, what do you think the population of Nigeria is? She was like, ah, it should be less than the UK. I said, no, I'm sorry. It is, we checked, it was more than 200 million. Right after that, the law of numbers, right? If you have like a lot of people, more than 200 million, get, you, you would agree with me that you have the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? She said, yes, I said, good, right? So we have a large population spread. So we have like, you know, both the good, bad, and the good people. And you, and you know, and you know that, you know, um, negative news sells faster, right? Yeah. She's okay. like, okay, yes. And then let me tell you something. In Nigeria, we have a culture of excellence right? Nigerians have the best doctors in the world, the best nurses in the world, the mm -hmm. best IT experts in the world, the best mm -hmm. accountants in the world like myself, <laughs> right? But then you mm -hmm. don't get, you know, good press for being a, the best accountant in the world. You don't get good mm -hmm. press for being, you know, one of the best doctors in the world unless you, you know, come up with some miracle innovation or something, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also, we also have the best fraud stars in the world, Right. Yeah, Nigerians, you, you know, you have, have them. You have every sector in life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll be the best at anything that you do, whether it is positive or negative. And then she was like, "Oh, wow, thank you very much for educating me about the culture, blah blah blah." You know, and then she was like, "Oh, she'd love to visit Nigeria someday." Uh, Okay, nice, nice, nice. Even, you know. But then I think uh, a lot of Nigerians, you know, tend to react to these things in a very combative way. 
you get it when people say something that's not nice about where you come from like you probably attack them don't feel attacked no no like, no spread you, the you love spread the love yeah spread the love you know and then I told her about Afrobeats so I'm like oh wow yeah I listen to a lot of these songs I did not even know that oh I love this you know guys are from Nigeria so yeah they are from Nigeria and that is our musical export so, you know it's uh, yeah so up Nigeria you know Nigeria know they carry last so that's you that's you actually changing that um opinion perspective now she has another thing to say about that same country yeah about that same country you get to you know like bad news spreads like wildfire but then you know i think for everybody outside nigeria yeah irrespective of um how uh oh i don't like that place or there's something you can take away from it that that's your country and at any point in time you should still try your best to still preach that light from the country because yeah it is on us to be good ambassadors of the country it's on you know? us yeah yeah it is on us you know and I, I try i try my own very beat you know I, I i put in my work every day you know i try to be the best at you know anything that i'm doing i try to inspire people you know i try to put people on a positive path i try to spread positive energy right mm-hmm. every day of my life so and you know me being that responsible individual right contributing yeah. to an environment positively that i am in you know mm-hmm. I, I want to believe that you know that is a good you know um ambassadorship of the country the country should actually be paying me for being a good ambassador <laughs> <laughs> but, but i don't get i don't get the flowers i don't get the kudos that i deserve right <laughs> so um let, let, let's get back to you right so so what are your All right. hobbies you know your interests, you know, how do you balance uh, career and personal life? Uh, um, my hobbies, uh, when I want to relax, I like to play game, um, play FIFA or NFS, you know, and I watch um, the YouTube. I like to watch new things like, okay, how to do this, how to do that. Then I watch the news. I like anything ask. that has to do with events. Maybe there's a war somewhere or there's something happening somewhere. I like to be up to date. And at the same time, I'm into e-commerce too. You know, e-commerce business. Um, you know, I build e-commerce stores. You know, so um, for young business entrepreneurs, you know, that's one of the other ways that we're trying to connect to um, Black people, even here in the UK. You know, there are a lot of Black people doing excellent things, bro. So um, I try to, every time, that's why we can actually easily connect. You know, I have another friend like that, Dayo. He's doing um, great stuff. So um, I like people that... Dayo's friends with Dayo. Dayo, 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 Teach. Okay, I did Dayo's friends with Timmy Dayo. It's a Dayo. So there are people doing a lot of good things here, which I appreciate so what i do is um for young business owners i do help them to build e-commerce stores you know um you know you know the whole um the old um marketing world and the old e-commerce world has already changed so a lot of people are actually being able to set up their stores as young business owners and being able to market it have a store you don't have to own a wide website you can just you know have a place where you um have your own store where you can actually market from do your um uh, promotions and the like so it helps young 
majorly black or African um, business owners to be able to reach out more and to increase their sales too. So these are other areas that I actually spend my time on. So anytime I'm not working, I'm either on the system trying to check um, other ways of getting things done or trying to help people get things done or doing things for myself in terms of my e-commerce business too. Hmm. So, so, so majorly, man. that's it. Uh, so you now you get a picture of um, I what? I say you're quite resourceful. Yes, yes. I try my best to actually get my hand on things because you know I realize that I've suffered enough on trying to get things done or trying to find people to help me to get some things done. So rather than just going through all those um, stress and at some point, you know, don't end up getting it done. Why not I just learn it myself? If it's DIY. My time, <laughs> DIY. Do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, DIY, oh, okay. bro. Okay. Yeah, and you know here, Listen. and again, yeah, you know here, <laughs> you it's a very big. You must know how to do a whole lot of things yourself, or yeah, else, definitely, uh, you you are on your on your own. You must right? keep the brains open. Yes, yeah. so, so, so what skill or or competent or competency, right? Are you proud of? But the world, you know, is yet to know about that people really don't know about. But then it's a skill or oh. competence you're quite proud of. My skill and competence, I, 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 will, I will actually pick four. Okay. That I'll people don't know about. People know it's secret. The secret, right? Okay. People don't know yes. about. Yes. Uh, so, for example, for, so, for, so for example, myself, right? Uh, I'm a great chef. I can chef it up, you know? Like, I have cooked for, like, large numbers of people and they enjoy it, you know? Both Africans and non-Africans, you know, they enjoy my food. Right, and it's something that yeah. I'm really, really proud of. He gets it, but not like not so many people know about that. But mm-hmm. I, I could possibly open a restaurant, <laughs> a restaurant chain in down down the line because I am like a very big expert at cooking African food. Okay, so, uh, let me see. Okay, I, I'm not gonna mention cooking because you already mentioned cooking. <laughs> uh, but I cook good too, though. I cook very, very good. Like. Yeah, but not as good as me. But not as good as me. So that's why you don't want to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can say um, my relationship with people. Okay. I I have a very 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 sweet relationship with. People. I wouldn't say cool. You know, I'm a kind of a person that even if I have uh, issues with you, I don't want still want to see you get hurt. So I'm that kind of person that will still look out for you. Even if I'm not texting you um, day by day, I'm there watching out for you. And if I've told you that, yeah, I got you. Even if you see, say, I mess up. Nothing, say, I don't have you. Okay, interesting. interesting. If, I say, if I say, oh, I'm, I'm going to call, like, oh, blah, 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 and you don't see my call that time, don't think I'm not out there still trying to you know, do things in your favor. Yeah, in your favor. So, if I actually like... So can, can, you, like can you please, it. can you please say you got me and you got the King Games podcast so that we have it on record? 
Nice, nice. So nice. I got you, bro. I got oh, you. Nice, nice. nice. We'll, we'll hold you up to it, you know. Listeners, yeah. they're listening to Wildy and Wildy is saying he's got the King Games podcast. Yeah, the so, only the, the, the thing about me is the only thing that puts me off is or if you maybe take me for granted or stuff. But I just believe that. that. See, I believe really something, eh? You just have to treat people good because there are some times that you just realize that okay, you might be you might be uncool to me now, but everybody just has their own you know bad sides and all. And yeah. if I check myself, I just that I have. So why not just you know tone it down a little bit and you know on a lighter mode, you know? And I understand that some terrains don't um you can't be cool in some terrains. You know, you as far Niger boy, you know when to switch up your yeah. You know, <laughs> switch I'm just talking about you know, if I say yeah, I got you for you. I do. That's nice. That's nice. That that that's a nice one. So so, what advice do you have for um the younger generation? You know, the up and coming young people, right? Based on your life experiences. So, what advice do you have for them in order for them to succeed in life? The first thing I'll say is um, if anybody's lucky to have two parents or one parent at the point where they still have them, they should actually listen to some things you say. So that's just the first thing, just normal day-to-day stuff. You know, normal things you pick up like, oh, don't do it like that, do it like that, don't do it like that, do it like that, you understand? So from that, you can actually pick some things and to actually easily stick you know, it's better than formal education that they have to sit you down and put you on your head. Then two, again, is the ability to actually be more resourceful at the younger age. Mm. You know, um, always push, like, there's something in the energy, the energy level. Because um, right now, if you notice that the internet has made us and the people who are in the age 15, we do watch the same thing at the same time. We experience the same thing at the same time. If they check their phone, they are seeing the same thing you're seeing. Back in the days, it wasn't like that. There were still places kids can go and places elderly people um, cannot take kids to. So everything is running at a um, faster speed now. So you know, for every opportunity one has, one has to just make use of that opportunity. Or even if definitely you will actually lose opportunities, definitely. Even the richest man in the world, you know, didn't just get his first opportunity and made use of it. So the ability to actually pull up yourself again and not give up on life and actually saying that, oh, I've made a mistake here. Let me just not make the mistake again because either I like it or not, there might still be another opportunity in front that you still um have to go to that thing again but if you don't learn from what you already um the the mistakes you already had you know you still keep on making mistakes so generally it's just to you know increase the energy you know just increase the energy and open the mind learn more about anything you know it could be useful Mm, so you, you know if one if you don't learn more you can get stranded at some point in your life and not knowing where to move to but if you, you know if you are more resourceful you know you have options that you can quickly build on basically mm. yeah nice 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 perspective you know uh i i key very much into the um, aspect of learning because for me i feel like learning 
the learning ability, the learning culture is something that has been very pivotal to my own personal success in life. You know, I pride myself in not knowing everything, but then knowing how to get the knowledge to do anything that I want to get into. And it's actually very vital to be hungry for knowledge. Uh, why we're going yeah. up the not knowledge is power, right? Right. And then, you know, but then I feel like not, uh, it is applied knowledge that is power. Applied knowledge. Is, yeah, applied knowledge that, that is power. So yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the previous guest who is, you know, um, an entrepreneur in the music business industry, right? has left a question yeah. for you. That is my one. Right. Do you want to hear the question he has for you? All right. Drum rolls. I love to hear. Shoot, bro. Shoot. So uh, he says, uh, where do you see the world heading to in the next five years? You know, generally, like, economically and politically, what is the trajectory? What is your projection of, you know, where the world is heading to? in the next five years? Um, I believe um, there's a tussle of power in the political um, structure of the world right now. And there are some determinants that actually, um, there are some things that are actually gonna be the determinants of what's gonna happen. For instance, the war um, in Israel and the, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the alignment and the allied forces that will be coming together to form treaties or to form laws. Now, a lot of countries were not friends before, but this war has brought them together as friends. And now it's actually um, some restructurings are happening in the perspective of people. That's in the political um, world though. So a whole lot of things are gonna change, both internally in individual countries, um, democratic elections, you know, new leaders will change and, you know, a whole lot of this. So now we should expect, um, it won't be like something like, oh, we just see everything, but we should just expect change. And economically too, we, we all know that, you know, power is shifting to to Asia. And in terms of the economic world, you know, every thing I see on the street now, made in China, made in China, you know, even all this um, e-commerce stores, the whole lot of these factories, they are in that side of the world. So I believe that um, with the um, um, 5G and the internet now and the increased usage of the internet, you know, a lot of new um, connectivity uh, possibilities will actually emerge in terms of sales, in terms of, you know, new countries will actually, um, 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 new, new countries actually emerge in terms of stronger countries, but major countries too, they're actually going through their own turmoils now. Each country has their own economic issues now, be it the strong or the, the weak. So I believe that this moment is the determinant of the whole lot of things that we'll see as a result in the next 10 years. Because a whole lot is happening now in a single year than it used to happen before. Interesting dynamics. Interesting dynamics in uh, at the global stage. Uh, Let's let's watch and see what unfolds, you know, at the oh, okay. stage. Yeah, and uh, finally, you know, what question would you love to leave for the next guest to answer? Okay. Um, the question would be, um, what what do you think is the real essence 
of life? What do you think was the real essence that made um, that that um, that begot the, the creation of life? Was if we want to actually think about it now, what's the main essence of life? Do mm. we is there even any essence of life? Is it that we're just um, uh, the creator just decided that okay, there's they have to live. And later I decided, okay, now they have to die too. So they then just be living and be dying. What, from his own perspective, what does he think the essence of the entirety of our existence is? Creation or evolution? <laughs> That's a tough one for the next person. I don't envy the next guest anyways. Okay, so basically, <laughs> let me recap your question. Like, what is the real essence of uh, life, life, right? That is um, how the life come to be, right? Is it true creation? Is it true evolution? No, no, no. Or I mean the real reason. Like, that? I mean the real. I mean the real bottom line of the whole story. Say, okay, we came to the world. Okay. What does it think it could be, or how does it see? It's like, what does it actually make sense? Like, okay, why are we even doing what we're doing? Why are okay. we even coming to do all those things? How does it see it? Okay. Okay. What's the real essence of life? Like, what's like the purpose of life? Yeah, of life. Like, yeah. why are we here? Right? How do we even judge? Oh, has he achieved his purpose in life? Or oh, as it, what is the what? I just want him to say it in from his own perspective. In an open, open from an open, um, open-ended open perspective. Yeah. Open perspective. Yeah. Yeah. What is the real essence of life, and what's the real purpose of life? Right. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So ah, we'll get to that bridge. We'll cross it. So definitely, you have to. You will. You will be the first person to get uh, a video clip of the next guest. <laughs> Ask you that. <laughs> that deep. That very deep question. And at this uh, at this point, I need to really, really thank you for your time uh, today. Uh, I'm very, very big on gratitude and appreciation. You know, You're appreciate welcome. you very much, my brother. I wish for you greater heights, you know, bigger things, you. you know, bigger blessings in your life. Uh, you know, you, you, you will achieve. You are a high achiever, but then you will become a high achiever, right? Thank, uh, thank you very, very much. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was nice having you, having me on your show, bro. Okay, okay. Take care, brother. Okay. All right.